This is The Pool. I'm Rain Coleman, your host, and this is episode 12. Alright, we've made it to episode 12, and all it took was a full year. <laughs> um, yeah, welcome to the pool. Welcome back, guys. Yeah, two weeks in a row, imagine that. Uh, I'm thinking that the pool will be probably a Tuesday or Wednesday thing. I don't know. We'll figure it out. <clears throat> that being said, um, welcome back, everyone. Now, diving right into the headlines here. Uh, well, I guess before that, do a little housekeeping. Um, make sure you go and check out the Man Pod. I was at the Man Cave again for the third or fourth time, I believe. I think it was the fourth time. Hell, I've been there so long, I practically moved in. Check out Jay and Baby Huey over there at uh, the Man Pod. Um, also, get into Black Comics Chat. I know it's been a little minute uh, since I was over there, but that episode still was very near and dear to my heart where I was able to chop it up with some fine, uh, wonderful people over at Black Comics Chat. And, um, of course, check out the pod panel where uh, you'll have your boy <laughs> as one of the one-fifth of the pod panel. Um, I recorded with the beautiful and wonderful Miss Jackie and the awesome and ever so talented John from the John Effect. And um, last but certainly, definitely not motherfucking least, go and check out BYNKRadio.com. Because, uh, you know, you might see a little carefree black icon over there in a carefree black c- catalog. Because <laughs> I'm now um, linked up with the BYNK Radio folks over there. So make sure you check them out. Um <clears throat> And shout out to my wonderful new BYNK radio family uh, over there. Black Mary Fire, government name, the social introvert, all that good stuff. Check them out. Um, But again, <laughs> I digress. Getting back into the pool. Now, for headlines this week, we have some dope ass, amazing ass news. Um, <clears throat> Sony. Now, Sony has had Spider-Man forever in a day, and Sony has been making the same Spider-Man movie forever in a day. And Sony one day woke up and was like, okay, let's be smart about this and linked up with Marvel, Disney, really, and we got an amazing Spider-Man. That being said, I was also one of those dude bros, those melanated dude bros who were like, oh, when are we going to get Miles Morales? Gosh. And, um... Although we did see uh, the amazing, wonderful talents in uh, Spider-Man Homecoming of uh, Childish Gambino, who is, I think, will be the Prowler, or the character he played was Miles' uncle. Um, But I digress. (laughs) Um, We get an amazing, like, Sony was like, okay, we have this property. It's one of the most iconic Marvel characters. What the fuck are we going to do with it? And what the hell did they do? But they given us Miles Morales Spider-Man, albeit an animated version, he looks just like an Afro-Latino. He looks like a brown boy. He's not a Peter Parker. He's very much, from the looks of the trailer, existing in his first series where Peter Parker died and he took over the mantle as Spider-Man. In that reality, I think it was the ultimate universe. And um, the trailer, I posted up on the Instagram. Check out Carefree Black Nerd on Instagram, Carefree Blurred on Twitter, and um, 
I'm saying hit me up on Snapchat, Brain Call me, add me, uh, send me messages, send me snaps, and all that good shit. <laughs> um, but no, so we get Miles Morales in a very beautiful, breathtaking, like the colors, the the fucking shit, the Nikes this nigga was wearing. I own a pair of those. Like it's just. This was such an amazing trailer, which I think was like only like a minute and some seconds long, but it was fucking sick. So my good old smart ass, I'm like calling people like, okay, look, we're going to see this movie Christmas. We about to see it. We doing this. We doing it. And then I went and saw the trailer again while well, rewatched it for like the 15th time just to notice it was Christmas 2018. <laughs> so between that, Miles Morales of uh, 2018's Christmas and the all black ass Beyonce led uh, <laughs> Lion King of summer of 2019. This might be our year, folks. <laughs> Open. So, um, no, so it's, it's amazing. So, yeah, the trailer is on my Instagram. So, go ahead and check that out. Carefree Black Nerd on Instagram. And just get into how beautiful this is. Like, anybody else out there who's seen the trailer, comment. Let me know. Um, I'm very interested in seeing what they take from the story and what, like, they, you know, have creative liberties with or whatnot because i have not read the spider verse which was i think spun out of secret wars i want to say that i own it but i do not want to lie i think i own spider verse if not i'm gonna get my hands on it because it's time to do some homework to prep for this (laughs) um also we um there is a batman which is batman ninja which i knew nothing about also the trailer is um on my Instagram as well, Carefree Black Nerd. And it's it's dope. It looks it looks nice. It looks like it's very much a little well pretty much Batman is transfer transferred, transported to feudal Japan and all his villains and sidekicks and shit are transported as well. And they're like these alternate versions. And then of course the ultimate big bad Joker is in Japan as well, caught wreaking havoc, like creating these big ass machines and shit. Like it looks dope. It looks sick as hell. And I really hope that they keep it in Japanese and they do not do an English dubbed version. Like if it's going to be English, let it be subtitles. Like make motherfuckers work. Like English should not be the default. Like I, it's good. So check it out. <clears throat> um. Also, what do we have here? Oh, Jessica Jones. Good old drunk angry ass jones her season two has been confirmed it'll be in march uh, march 8th of 2018 so that's something to look forward to i know that luke cage has been confirmed as well but i don't remember when so don't bite my head off uh but jessica jones yeah one of the better netflix shows not that they're bad but i feel like this um was very of course another cerebral mental emotional show but jessica jones was pretty damn good like it was problematic at times and i still have my issues with it but i think this is really good and i don't know how much they're pulling from the max series jessica jones uh, where she was kind of introducing to the marvel universe but i saw like on the trailer which should also be on my instagram i saw uh her or someone i believe it was her rip off a painting a painting was wrapped up and it was like a watercolor painting of her but it looked exactly like the max line um series jessica jones books and i was like okay that's nice come on incorporate the comics into the source the, the source material into the the, the uh, series so i'm there for that so um 
yeah, hopefully we'll get a little, well, maybe get a little review or something going on. You'll see. So, um, good for that. And I'm very interested in seeing what they do with her because, mainly because Jessica Jones is limited to that Max series. And a lot of that with Kilgrave was addressed from the Max series. So it's like, she's kind of a blank slate. And I like that about her because there's so many stories to pull from with Daredevil and with Luke Cage and with Iron Fist. Like, these are characters who are established to the point where you could just throw a rock in a comic book shop and back catalog and get a good story. With her, she has appeared post her own like um uh story solo series and whatnot, but she is pretty much a blank blank slate. Like there's nothing that you can really do with her. Um that you can have the the dudettes and dude bros coming out saying, oh, but that's not just a good joke. Like, she's a blank slate, and I like that. And Kristen Ritter is growing on me as a Jessica Jones, although I still in my head see her as don't trust to be in Apartment 23. Like, she'll always be that for me, but um, kudos to her. Um, what else we have? Okay, so uh, we're coming off of that great 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 um fox movie logan we're coming off of deadpool which was great too and the wonderful new mutants trailer we're coming off of all that just to have entertainment weekly with is it sophie jones or what whatever homegirl from game of thrones who plays Jean gray Ugh, we saw her on the cover of entertainment weekly as like the phoenix and i thought we canceled her because she said like nigger or something with her white friends at a pool hall or something uh, my memory's kind of hazy so i'm not going to hold this against her right now um once i remember what it is then i'll be on that ass all that being said how many times are we going to get the dark phoenix saga i just personally feel like dude there are other x-men stories and if you're going to rely on the dark phoenix saga but not without like, you don't have the rights to, you don't have access to all these different characters, and you aren't creating anything new, and you aren't, it's just like, oh, I'm tired of seeing it. Like, I want to see it done right, and it's great. I mean, this might be an amazing version of it, but it's just like, there are more other, more other, there are more things that can be done where we don't have to rehash the Dark Phoenix saga. <sighs> just, are we can we do the Mutant Massacre? Like, can we just do something else? Like, freak it up a little bit. I'm tired of seeing her ass. But um, she was on the cover, and, you know, kudos to her or whatever. <clears throat> um, but along with that, I think we're also going to get Genosha, the mutant island. Well, Magneto's mutant island. And what it's showing is that this will be like a kind of refuge for mutants and whatnot. And that's new. So I'm, like, excited to see how that, you know, how that part will play out. But... If we have to introduce that under the Dark Phoenix Saga storyline, it's like you can't do that in one movie. And I don't really see a plan over there at Fox that would warrant me thinking that this is going to be a good idea. I mean, Apocalypse was trash. Um, Alexandra Ship did the best that what she could with what she had, but I don't know. We I've I'm not losing faith. I'm trying to hold on because Logan was so good, Deadpool was so good. New Mutants trailer is really good. So I'm hoping that Fox has a plan. And with that being said, <laughs> Disney and Fox might be like ready to join forces. Um, 
I was seeing rumors about this. People have been talking about this for years. Like, oh, if we could just get them to cooperate and share some mutants or whatnot, we might have something great. Good. I'm hoping that <clears throat> because Disney and Fox are, you know, at the table bringing lawyers to sit down and go over deals and shit like J.P. Morgan and Guggenheimen partners to like get some of the assets and all that shit together to see who's going to have what and who gets residuals and royalties and all that good shit. Great. They want this deal to be sealed before Christmas or by Christmas, rather. That would be awesome, too. What I'm most excited about is the possibility that this deal goes through. We snatch up the mutants and all the other persons who we have not had access to because of Marvel, uh, because of the deal or bankruptcy or whatever um, happened with Marvel back in the day. And Infinity War happens, Infinity War Part 2 or the second Avengers movie, and then out of that we get the mutants in continuity like that would be amazing or let them be their own thing you know that's fine too but i just want to see them handled by some people who seem to give a damn because I'm, I'm not even against fox having the mutants and doing different things with them and making them look different and whatever else but it doesn't seem like they have a plan and i'm hoping i'm not hypocritical and just sounding like the joshes and todds and bethany's of the world who are just die hard upset when domino is a black woman like you know but it's just like you have these characters but you don't seem to have a plan deadpool seemed like it was a damn good movie that they had fun making logan albeit dark and slight depressing was still a damn good movie and the new mutants trailer alone looks like it doesn't look scary to me, but it looks very suspenseful, and it's a new take on um, mutants. And it goes back to what I said before, and I don't know if it was on the pool or on Carefree Black Nerd proper, but comic books are not like a genre in themselves. They're more or less fitting other genres in these comic book properties. And um, I don't know, just... <sighs> I'm just ready. <laughs> I'm just ready for my mutants to come back. I'm ready for Storm to be a dark-skinned woman of color, a black woman, an actual African woman. Like with the way that um Black Panther has been received, you you got to know, you got to have faith that Marvel when giving when, excuse me, when they get a hold of these mutants are going to do something amazing. And this is me just fanboying out boying out, and being like, oh, I can't wait for this, that, and third. Because, hell, they might go through, do this deal, and Marvel gets the rights to everything except for the core mutants. You know, it could be that. All that being said, I still trust their judgment and what they're doing more. <laughs> so, um, yeah. <laughs> That's it. So, we're going to take a break right here, y'all, and then get back into some comics. Hey. And we are back, we are back. So, um, getting into this week's pool, the pool is very light, and that is intentional, because I am floored by how amazing this week's pool is. Now, the first of which being <laughs> Batman the White Knight by Sean Murphy and Matt Bill Hollingsworth, excuse me. I am such a fan of this series. Mind you, this is issue three of eight, but either way, still issue three, and 
shit is getting high. Like I intentionally read this one time through and that's it. It's one of these stories where you have to you have to read three or four times each issue. And it's not because it's so confusing, but it's like you'll find something new every time. Uh, I really like to read my comics that way anyways, just to read once, just to kind of get a quick little initial reaction, then read over it again. But with Batman White Knight, oh my God, this is such an amazing story. So this story picks up at the where um, issue two left off, which was with Joker. Um, shit, not Joker. What is he going by now? Napier, Jack Napier, having taken a serum or a card from the Mad Hatter put it into Sandman who is like mentally dealing with some stuff where he's like a shell of his former self and he's literally just a big sand monster and he's taking that sand that he's mind controlled and poured it into these drinks which he served to every criminal in Gotham and initially, I was like, okay, I know there's something going on here. I, I'm i interested to see how this plays out. But with this story being the way it is, I had no idea what was actually going on. And I'm very, I'm getting to a point now where when I'm watching TV and I'm watching and I'm reading books and stuff, I'm trying to not be that anxious guy who wants to discover the crime, you know, all the details before they actually come out. And so all of this happened and I... Um, I was surprised, you know, once I saw what actually, what his plan was and how it came to fruition, this is just amazing, amazing, amazing work. Now, this is of course, um, issue three of eight, uh, script and art and covers by Sean Murphy, uh, colors and cover colors by Matt Hollingsworth, letters by Todd Klein, uh, assistant editor, Maggie Howell and the editor, Mark Doyle. And this is just an amazing fucking story. Um, it opens up on this big ass riot downtown Gotham in the financial district, actually. And what I'm liking from this story is not only are we getting a, a new and different story. Um, what if Batman and Joker traded places, but on top of that or beneath that, or however, we're getting this story where we're actually getting Gotham fleshed out. I myself have always seen Batman as some sort of villain, and this isn't just because I'm reading this fantastic book, but it's always been in the back of my head that Gotham is always helped, quote-unquote helped by Batman, but he's this wealthy white man running around doing whatever the fuck he wants to do with all this money and going after these criminals and stuff, not even thinking about collateral damage. I've always had this idea in my head that, okay, Batman's a good guy, but shit, he's running cars through buildings. He's jumping through glass to um, uh, windows and shit to go after people. Like at the end of the day shots, even though you bring this criminal in, you know, to be in Arkham Asylum or whatnot, they keep breaking out for one. That's my issue. And then two, what happens in the aftermath of all the shit you've done on top of that, as a kid, really identifying with my blackness and my person of colorhood or whatever, it was very rare that in the comic book or in the cartoons that I would see Batman dealing with people of color, mainly black people, if they weren't like sidekicks or helpers or magical Negroes. So for me, this is a really, really um, amazing story that I'm embracing. All of my personal feelings aside, this is really a really good book, um, especially for Batman being one of them characters that has just been in the um, public uh, conversation for so long, this is 
I don't know. This is just a really good book, and I recommend everyone pick it up. Um, like I said, he's flushing out this world, the financial district. District, excuse me. Um, Black, what is it? Bl- uh, Blackport, or what is this place called? The part of town that's just the black neighborhood, like that. It's we're getting Gotham in a way that we've not seen it. Gotham has always been centered around Batman and what he has going on, and then the major crimes that happen. But Gotham as an entity, like in itself, I myself now there may be stories out there where this has been done, it has been done well, but I haven't come across any. I know um Batman the Long Halloween was a really good series or um uh series, story, whatever. It was it was a really good um complete project. And I own that and I love it. I'd recommend that to any and everyone because even if someone who isn't um a hundred percent familiar with DC history overall like from start to finish or start to present that was a really good story um even if you are someone who just knows who batman is and some of his criminals some of his villains a great story if you know nothing about it that the long halloween is one of the best batman stories i've ever read um and this book puts me in that mind frame i really wish there was some way to have batman white knight become canon um or at the very least like i've said before fill out another world or universe or earth 2 earth x earth whatever where this is the main title in that story because i'd like to see what alternate versions or alternate realities of like superman and wonder woman that we can get in this same vein where batman who's a hero you know throughout the years or whatnot it's really not a hero he's really the villain so i really like that and and then maybe this book just came along at the right time like because socially the shit that we're dealing with um with 45 and with all of these different uh i don't know just in the time and place that we live now this book seems to be right on time um let's see what else oh there is a i don't want to spoil too much because it's really first of all it's on this third issue out of eight and it's really good we're not even halfway done yet but there is a major um event not event there's a major thing that happens that feels heavy and is very much heavy regardless to how you feel about the character um then we see um another thing that i like is that this is we're presented with two Harley Quinns, and I was thinking in my head, okay, he's just introducing Harleen Quinzel, the real Harleen, just to kind of um, erase Harley Quinn and this overly sexualized persona that we have of her that we've had all these years. It was just like reintroduce the real Harleen Quinzel and then get rid of that old one. But to see her. Um, her being Harley Quinn, the new sexualized version, to see her pop up in a way that I don't know, in a way that I wasn't expecting. One, I wasn't expecting her at all to return, and then two, in this capacity, I really wasn't expecting it. So it was kind of a shock to me, but a very welcome shock because this is some shit is going to go down after this. Um, I like the way that Jack Napier, Napier, is um handling handling Batman. And I, the thing about this issue that kind of threw me was the blacks, the African-Americans in here. Now, I am still on the fence about how I feel as a whole. Um, Napier's first interaction with these people of color, 
going all the way back to Michelle, and for those of you who read this issue, Michelle, we know the little girl, just whatever. Um, I think that 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 was a really good scene. I could see that played out um, on screens or in theaters or whatnot. But this, when he comes to Blackton, Bloxton, whatever this neighborhood name is, and Duke shows up, and Duke, I am pretty certain that the Duke here in the book uh white knight is duke who is currently in the batman title Ooh, what is the one it's the one that's in canon where he's like doing a road trip with two-face oh, i can't remember for the life of me anyone out there into the sound of my voice who can um tweet me carefree blurred and um let me know but i cannot remember at the time of this recording what issue what story that is either way <coughs> Excuse me. He, um, I'm going to give Sean Murphy a pass at this because the way he handled the first two issues was amazing. I, I want to see more of these black people and see how they interact with Jack Napier, but I'm getting a very, uh, a very white version of a black man and i'm not i'm trying to i'm really i'm going to let it slide this issue because i don't want to kind of jump the gun because the story has been so good but i'm getting this very much yo yo man hey dog what's up type of feel and i i don't think that's intentional but i feel like that's what's happening here so i'm going to (laughs) give him a pass for this issue and hopefully uh issue four will will get rid of whatever feelings I have because that, I don't know, that was just odd. I wasn't uncomfortable 100%. It was just like, oh, that's different. But at the same time, I guess these people are very much different from the white Gotham that we've been presented with for so long because I've honestly never even seen poor white people in Gotham. Like, I've never seen, like, a trailer park. Not to equate a, a trailer park with... Um, poorness or poor white people or whatever but I just um, stereotypically that's what you've seen when you see white trash or whatever else and I say that to say that Gotham is I'm I'm interested in the way that we're going to explore more of Gotham in this book like the the city itself and it'd be nice if this book was to tie into um, Gotham Central which was another book that I started and was so good it's a run um, don't ask me who wrote it. Don't ask me who drew it. Don't ask me any of that because I can't remember um, as of now. But it was it's a story story. It is a uh, series that looked into the lives of the Gotham Central Police Department. Like that's what that was. And so I'm wondering if we'll get any hints to that here. Um, all that being said, Batman White Knight. Oh, my God. Y'all have to pick this up. Like, seriously. Uh, moving on, though, to the last pool. Oh. And again, I I keep harping on it when I talk about this story, this book. Astonishing X-Men has been my reintroduction to the X-Men. Astonishing X-Men has been that nostalgic uh, way back when story that I have needed with a very nice cast. Like when I saw the initial um, cover art, they were doing that reveal um, slowly leading up to the book coming out where it was, oh, we're going to release one character and then we'll show you the other, then we'll show you the other and so forth and so forth. I was like, okay, it's cool. It's part of the resurrection line. I'll pick it up, see how it is. Um, I was very excited because when I didn't pick up, 
Weapon X. I looked at that. The first two issues wasn't really interested. It may have gotten better. Anyone out there under the sound of my voice, if you're reading, your friends are reading, you know someone that's reading Weapon X, let me know how that is and if you think I should take a look at it. Back to Astonishing X-Men. I am... This is an amazing story, period. Um, The reintroduction of Charles Xavier into the Marvel Universe where he is no longer dead. but Or is he? Because a lot of this book happens on the astral plane. I'll say out of the last five issues, maybe 80% has been astral plane. 20% have been the real world. And real world London at that. And so I like that this book has been taken... One, physically to London, so we're not in New York like every single Marvel book. God damn, that gets frustrating. Um, And then we're also on the astral plane, and we're dealing with a threat that is very cerebral, that was very psychological, that is very mental, that gets physical, but only as a side effect of the shit that he's doing to you mentally. And I really appreciate that. To have these motherfuckers go up against the Shadow King, uh, Farouk, if you will, it's it's it, I don't know. Good fucking job. So this here is, and I'm not. I don't want to spoil any of this either. So I'll be kind of um reserved with my review. But this shit, my nigga. So this is Life of X Part Six, and we know that nowadays what we're doing is getting comics written for trade. So every six issues is an arc. Or at the least every five issues in the arc and then we'll have a one shot that could tie in or whatever. This is act one of Astonishing X-Men. So we were done with the first, I don't know, play. Now we're on to this next one. I don't even know where to begin. The artwork is amazing. The colors is amazing. The the story is amazing. The, the, okay. (laughs) Astonishing X-Men Life of X Part 6. Now, last issue, uh, Charles Xavier assembled the motherfucking Mighty Morphin Mutant Rangers with Phantom X, uh, Mystique, and Rogue in this decked out armor to fight on the Astral Plant. It was amazing. This time, like I said, it was pretty predictable that there would be a fight, a final battle. But that predictability did not take away from the fight. It very much is in keeping with the story itself. Um, I am I am a fan. Um, Charles Soule, that's the writer, has been doing an amazing job on this series. I mean, literally from page one on the first book till now, I'm in it. He sold me. Period. Like I'm again, something I recommend everyone to pick up. But in this issue, it is the end game. The evil Shadow King has reached out from the astral plane and taking control of both Gambit and Logan using them to spread a terrifying psychic infection through London that will soon enough open a portal from his world to ours and set him free. Like, this is an amazing goddamn book. Like, And um, it's one of those things where it's an amazing book on the surface. Again, this is something I read through once, and I was like, okay, let me record. I don't want to read again. I don't want to, like, keep analyzing stuff. I just want to read it one way through take my excitement from that first read, put it, um, record it and put it out to the masses. And then I'll go back and dissect it and everything later, read it three or four, five, six times. But there is one page in here where 
they are attacking, they being um, Rogue, Mystique, and Phantom X. And again, Phantom X is a character that I know of when I see him, but I don't know a whole lot about. I'm getting pieces of his past throughout some of the other books I've read and am reading, but I didn't really care for him. This book is actually making me care for him, which is like, damn, we're only... I've only just made it to the sixth issue. So, Charles, so good job, guy. But there's this there's this page where Charles is chained up, of course, playing chess with the uh, Shadow King, who has now taken control of most of a large portion of London and all of the mutants. And, well, the six mutants who we have um, starring in this book. And there's an, a, a point in which he's like, Charles being he attack my X-Men and they're attacking and he says of all the mutants who better for a fight in this cursed place where reality shimmers in the mind like an oil slick on the sea rogue becomes someone new with every touch mystique becomes someone new within every whim and Phantom X of course the man of illusions these three fluidity itself like god damn like this is poetic like nigga if you are not into the x-men if you've been into the x-men before and you fell out because of event fatigue and because of convoluted stories and different writers and whatnot please 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 i implore you get into astonishing x-men this has been an amazing read high strikes high strikes high stakes fast-paced drama the colors are amazing the story is great like i'm very much at the edge of my seat even as we speak like what is going to happen there's a page or a panel in a page where xavier is like the fight is going on around him and that's the other thing this is some good storytelling the fight is happening charles is very much chained to a chair and he is he's narrating the story he's Letting you know as a reader what's going on within and what's going on on the outside. He's he's documenting everything. And there gets to this point where he finally frees himself. And it is so satisfying to see this and to see the shockwaves of what happens for that. The butterfly effect, if you will. And it's just fucking dope. And we even get to another reveal at the end, which was, mind you, it was ruined for me. Not because the story isn't great, but because the ads and the way that they place the ads in this book. If I had read this digitally, I probably would have affected me a little bit more. But there is um, the second to last ad in the issue that I read, which pretty much spoils the ending to this book. So I won't spoil that for you. All I'll say is we find out what came of that conversation that Charles had with Phantom X when he pulled him to the side um was it the last issue or the issue before where he was like yeah well here in the astral plane one second can last a thousand years or some shit like that all in all please 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 i implore you everyone get into these two books there are not two books that i'm going to rave about more like within the big two than batman white knight from dc comics and astonishing x-men from marvel comics these are some of the these are what these stories are what comics should be and not a whole bunch of I mean no you know I take the bet because all the shit that we got going on the stories that I might not read that you might not like they're still needed there's still a place for them but these two stories right here 
once things are collected in trade, um, I'm on it. Once Batman White Knight is collected, like the whole eight part series, best believe somebody's getting this for Christmas. Um, I don't even really give a damn about <laughs> Christmas, but yeah. Um, so Astonishing X Men number six, dope as hell. Um, Batman White Knight number three, dope as well. And uh, oh shit, forgive me. So back to Astonishing X Men number six. Written by Charles Soule. Um, artist is Mike Del Demundo. Uh, color artists are Mike Del Demundo and Marco D. Alfonso. Uh, letterer, VCs Clayton. Uh, cover artist, one well, main cover artist is Mike Del Mundo. Uh, cover variant artist, Chris Anka. Anka, Anka I'm not sure. Um, that means also in this book, there is apparently going to be a Rogue and Gambit number one. It's a limited series that starts in January. And with that, let me say this. Everything is it for everybody. Understood. Comics. Everybody into comics. Everybody into the same comics. But why? Who in the fuck asks for a Rogue and Gambit book? If we can get a limited series, a mini series, or whatever of a Rogue and Gambit, why can't Nighthawk? Like, why do we have all these other characters who are, oh, they won't sell, and oh, because they're black or Asian or whatever else, we can't, you know, the dude bros won't buy it, but why do we got this? I love me some Rogue and some Gambit individually and together. They're like, you know, an amazing um, piece of my childhood and amazing um, characters in themselves. So great, I'm all for it, but why in the hell can we get this? And then we got that like Deadpool and... um. Deadpool and Gambit miniseries, a limited series that we got like last year. And it was still like, we getting all this shit, but we not getting, who, like who asked for this? That's my question. Who asked for this? Who stood up and said, well, the people asked for it and they want a Rogue and Gambit series. And cause again, nothing against them, but I don't want a limited series full of, let's go and rob this bank and, oh, this is my love for you and oh, Oh, you better go on, you old uh, swamp rat. And come on, Chef Mary. I don't want all that. Give me something else. With all these other characters you have, if we just throwing out limited series, like why Why can't Shard have a limited series? You know, why can't um, you get these characters of color that you own the rights to that you don't do shit with and give them a limited series? God damn it. Since you're just passing out limited series, who asks for this shit? That being said, um, this has been another episode of The Pool. Keep this conversation going by emailing me at carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. Make sure you check me out at carefreeblacknerd.com and bynkradio.com. Of course, uh, the new <laughs> place to find your boy, BYNK Radio. Um, use the hashtag The Pool CBN, CBN Pod, uh, CBN Review, whatever. Just um, tweet, live tweet with me. Make sure you are. You know, tweeting, carefree blurred, and um, let me know if there's something that I'm not reading that I should be reading, something that you recommend. If you didn't like the books I recommended, the shows I talked about, the news or whatever, or if you did, chime in. Um, as always, hit those hearts on SoundCloud, uh, like, share, comment, retweet, replug, all that good shit, and give me that five star review on iTunes. That really helps you guys. It really does. Also, um. Yeah, um, stay nerdy and geeky and all that good shit. <laughs> and uh, I guess I'll see you guys next time. Same nerd time, same nerd channel. All right.
something to say to me, Cher? What if I'd been lying about not being able to touch another human being? What if I could? If I wanted to? What's this supposed to mean to me? Come up to the rec room in five minutes and I'll show you.